Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. Welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And welcome to our podcast. We're so happy to have you join us here. We're so happy you're here. Woohoo! <laughs> um, you guys, I'm going to jump right into it. And I already mentioned it on Instagram, but we have over 2,000 followers on Instagram. Yay! Yay! Thank you, everybody. That's crazy. Katie and I first, when we started this, we were like, I mean, we'll be happy if we get one person and their cat listening. <laughs> we have over 2,000 people listening to our voices and like almost 45,000 listens. That's crazy. So bizarre to me, but also thank you. And I love it. I love our little, our little community and talking things through. Katie and I have both had some pretty cool experiences this week with friends and just being able to, I don't know how, how you can say it without coming across as super cheesy and cliche, but feeling good about helping people with our podcast. It's a yeah. nice feeling and really rewarding for us because sometimes it's, yeah, it's a lot of effort and time and we're like, but what's the point? Or I'm like that. And then yeah. we get these responses and it's like, oh, that's why. That's why we do it. We do it, yeah, to help you guys and to connect with you guys. We do get a lot of messages that are really sweet where you guys will say you wish you could be our friend or you feel like you're our friend. And I want to say you are our friend. Like, if you're listening, you're our friend. <laughs> Girl, I count those 2,012 folks as my friends on yep. Instagram. I'm like... Guys, I have 2,000 more friends. Oh, my gosh. You can't help it that you're so popular. I know. I can't help I'm just so popular. <laughs> um, no, but really, it's great. It's, it's, it's having this, like, team behind you supporting and cheering, and especially when we have these trolls that come on. I love yeah. it because you guys are instantly, like, no, and defending us and just being amazing. So... Yay for our little non-cult community. <laughs> <laughs> it's our non-cult cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's crazy. But yeah, it's been a it's been a good week with lots of interesting stories and catching up with people and yeah, it's I think it's been good. I can't go into too many details cuz it's personal, but yeah. Um yeah, it's nice to to hear other stories and to help people go through the same process that we've gone through. Yeah, hopefully make it a little bit easier if we can. A little bit easier for you guys. Yeah. And also, we have a new patron supporter. We do? I didn't even know this. This is yes. to me. <laughs> guys, we do. Let me give her a little shout out. Let me just pull it up. It's Brooke. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you, Brooke. Wow. That's a nice way to start my day. I didn't even know that that was a thing. <laughs> yep. And we also got a lovely email. Um, I don't know if you saw that, too, from Nathan. Great. Um, yeah, I'm still getting around to recording all of the the emails that people have sent in with their personal stories to go on the mini-sodes. I'm still trying to get caught up on those because we have quite a few, which I love. So thank you, everyone, for submitting those. I know. It's always such a little joy whenever my phone dings and I'm like, it's not my personal email. <laughs> it's not my work email. Oh, my God. It's not some Molly Mormon podcast. And I got a new email. Let's read it. 
So it's great. So guys, keep sending them in. Even if we don't respond quickly, I'm sorry. We're both busy, but we do love them and we read them and we will respond. Same with Instagram. I know it's it's a bit annoying because we take a while to respond, but we do love the messages. Don't think that we don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just takes us a while. Here's the thing. Sarah and I started this. It's literally, literally just <laughs> her and I that run this. We do every single thing. We run the email, the social media. We publish everything ourselves. And so that's why sometimes it takes a while. Sarah and I have joked like, oh, if we could just afford to like hire an assistant, <laughs> we could get around to you guys faster. But we we love personally interacting with you guys. And also that's why it helps so incredibly much when you donate on Patreon, because it really helps us to be able to do that more often with our time and to also, you know, get things like more programs and better equipment that can help, you know, make the podcast better for you guys. So we really do appreciate it so much. We do. Thank you. And as always, thanks for, you know, if you're even if you're not a patron or supporter, like thanks just for sharing us that so we had someone tag um, us, a listener tag us in a post. This we week. did. When you guys um, share us on Instagram, it makes my heart flutter. <laughs> I know it's so sweet. Or the reviews like again, thank you so much, because the more you uh, give us a rating or review, a good review, bitches, not a bad <laughs> um, <laughs> It helps people find us because, guys, I kind of do this for my job, so I know all the secrets about app search optimization. So you need to like us and give us reviews so then more people will find us. Yay. Um, but actually, speaking of, this is like a side note to Katie and maybe listeners. Ah, oh, this can be a fun thing. We need to come up with a hashtag. Oh, yeah. I know I on our post, I usually do. If I remember to do it, I usually hashtag NSMM for not Somali Mormon. But and sometimes I do hashtag evil Satan robot bitches. <laughs> mm. But we need to we should come up with a hashtag that is more clever than that. Yes, it would be true. Um. Okay, we go into our topic. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Buckle in. Today, we are talking about Brigham Young. <gasps> oh. So, you know what? I, it's funny enough, um, some one of our listeners wrote in, like, saying how much of a douchebag Brigham Young is, because he was, <laughs> uh, and I realized... Brigham Young doesn't have a middle initial like all the rest of the stupid apostles. You know how they all have that middle initial. So I decided we should call him Brigham D. Young for Brigham Douchebag Young. (laughs) Or Brigham Dickhead Young, I guess. I like all the options. Cool. Um, I guess before we start, I was going to ask you like, I guess just for an overview, like, what do you know about him? Honestly, I don't know a lot about him other than yeah. he was the second prophet, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and obviously I went to BYU, so the university named after him. Mm-hmm. And I know that he's kind of, well, not kind of, 100%. Like, I've read some of his quotes and stuff that are just horrendous, like... Awful, awful stuff. 
Um, and I know you've talked about in previous episodes um, about like the blood atonement. Was that with him? Yep. Yeah, we can kind of get into more of that as well. Yeah. But other than that, like, I don't know much about his personal background or anything beyond that. Like, I have a very shallow um, overview of him. Well, then that will be perfect for our discussion. (laughs) Um, On Instagram, I posted a poll asking you guys who you thought was worse, Joseph Smith or Brigham Young. And it was about 60-40, 60% thought Brigham Young was worse. Who do you think was, I guess you'll, you maybe will change your mind after this episode, but it was hard for me to decide who I really thought was worse because Joseph Smith started the whole freaking thing. Um, But I think Brigham Young was a worse person and we can get into that. Ooh, I'm excited. Cause I also, I mean, I think it'd be a good, I know we've done Joseph Smith, J-Dog before, (laughs) (laughs) J-Dog, but after, but after, Listening to that um, podcast on the left episode, I only listened to half of one and just the stuff that they were already saying. I was like, what? I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Um, so maybe we need like a, a second episode on J-Dog to cover more oh, of that stuff. You could stuff do so many episodes about J-Dog. He was quite the character. Whoa. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So I'm excited to, to see which one I hate more. okay so as a disclaimer like I always say I'm not a historian but Sarah is so (laughs) yell at Sarah also this there's kind of a lot to say about him and I I don't know if I'll get it all chronologically correct but I'm just gonna sort of throw out a bunch of stuff about him and we can talk about it um okay so he was born in 1801 and he was born to John and Nabby Young. I thought that was interesting. Nabby. Nabby was her name. And he had four brothers. So no girls in the family, which uh-huh. might be why he's a raging misogynist. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so he was a Methodist. Um, but he converted to Mormonism. He read the Book of Mormon in, I think, like 1830, like right when it was published. He read it and believed it for some reason. Or, in my opinion, I think he just wanted to get involved at the ground level of this religion that was just barely starting. So he converted to Mormonism in 1832. Oh, wait, sorry. Can I ask a question? Uh, yeah, um, all the questions. <laughs> may I ask a question, please? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, where was he born? Did you say already? Let's see. Where was he born? Um, Virgin, uh, Whittingham, Vermont. Ah, uh, okay. Because I was just wondering how he, because you know New York is where right Bridget Smith started the religion. So I was just wondering yeah. like how far it traveled to get to him. Yeah, I think he was probably around the area and got his hands on one of the early publications of it. Um, Because, yeah, he was was very close-knit with, like, all of those founding people in religion. He actually, right after he joined, um, he became, like, the leader of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. It was only, like, three years later he was the head of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So that's, for people who don't know, that's like as high as you can go without being the prophet. So, yeah. 
And I think he really, really liked the power and probably, you know, being at the beginning of this religion that he's hoping will take off was probably quite appealing. Um, So for people, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, like we've said before, go back and listen. But (laughs) J-Dog dies in 1844, and it's not expected. He gets murdered while he's in jail. Uh And he hadn't made it very clear who was supposed to be the prophet after him if he died. And obviously, he wasn't very much of a prophet because he couldn't see that he was going to die in the near future. It was like a surprise to everyone. Um, (laughs) So he Joseph Smith had a son that he had said previously he wanted to take over the church. Named, and his name was also Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith III. Um, but Brigham Young was convinced that the head of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles was supposed to be the next leader. He didn't think it should go through, like, the bloodline. And uh, there was a lot of debate about this. Even someone like, I think it was Sidney Rigdon. Do you remember that name? That's like a person in early yes. history. He even was like, He was like, no, this needs to go through the bloodline of Joseph Smith. And the Joseph Smith, the third was only like 12 years old at the time. So Sidney Rigdon proposed like, okay, we'll have someone be like the protector of this title until he reaches age to become the prophet. But Brigham Young was able to convince like half of the Mormons at the time that he should be the prophet. And they followed him and the rest followed. There was a couple other like people who claimed that they should be the prophet or they followed the Joseph Smith, the third and Emma Smith, our girl, Emma. (laughs) Oh, our girl, Emma. We love Emma. So (sighs) Brigham Young led the pioneers across the, it was not really the United States. He led them out West to Mexico. It was part of Mexico at the time. And that's where Utah is now, and that's where they settled. And he um, made himself governor of the Utah Territory and was basically like, a, I don't know, the emperor <laughs> of Utah. Like, he was a, the dictator, and it was a theocratic government. Like, everything was run by him and underneath him. Like I've said in previous episodes, like, he printed his own money And all of the people in all of the, um, like, the court systems and everything, they were all appointed by him. It was pretty, yeah, pretty stupid. But uh, I guess what, I don't know what we should talk about first. Um, Well, sorry, at this point, how many wives did he have? Do you know? So at this point, I don't know exactly how many he mm-hmm. had, but in total, like, as his life went on, he ended up marrying 55 women. <sighs> and some of them were, like, as young as 15 years old. Oh, my When he God. was very old. Yeah. Um, 55 women. 55? Can you imagine? Like, I don't even have 55 friends. Well, besides you guys, of course. Hello, listeners. But... <laughs> 55 wives, like, how do you even, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how that works, but 
Whoa. But I guess we can start with polygamy. So that's a good place to start. So um, Joseph Smith had revealed that polygamy was this commandment from God that you're supposed it's like required to get into the celestial kingdom. And but Joseph Smith practiced it secretly because it's against the law. Whereas when Brigham Young moved away from the United States into the territory of Utah, where he was very far from any other city, he publicly declared that polygamy was supposed to be practiced. It was a law given by God that will never change. And Uh. if you wanted to get into the celestial kingdom, you had to practice polygamy. And he has sermons you can look up where he directly chastises women if women are complaining about plural marriage or if they don't want to do it he says directly to them like stop complaining you're lucky to have a husband the husband rules over you and you should not complain because if you complain you're going against what god says and you will not get to heaven oh my god this guy yeah he was not nice to women and he even used um so he used the doctrine of blood atonement to threaten women where which is the idea that he preached that there were some sins that were unforgivable like they that the atonement of Christ would not work so in order to be like saved you needed to like for someone to be saved of these sins, they would have to be killed and their blood would have to be shed. They, Their own blood would have to be shed for it because Christ's atonement wasn't enough. So things like adultery or just any kind of thing that he declared was going against the religion or especially like apostasy, if you decided to leave the church, then it would be better that you were killed. So that was what he taught. And so like no one wanted like everyone was way too scared to leave the church because they're like, okay, Brigham Young and his like apostles are going to kill me if I leave. Or if you're you're a woman. Yeah. If you're a woman and you complain, they could kill you like and legally because he was in charge of everything. Oh, um, man, that's insane. That's so terrifying. Right? He even had, there's reported, like, very well documented, um, basically hitmen that worked for him. Na- like, for example, I think one was named um, Jedediah Grant, one was named Porter Walk- Rockwell, and one was named Bill Hickman. If you look those guys up, they're monsters. And they killed so many people in the name of like blood atonement. Oh shit. I know it's so crazy. Um it's really terrifying. Like I've never obviously I didn't know any of this stuff until now, but just imagining like you're convinced to go into this cult and religion, you move all the way out to Utah with this like crazy ass prophet. And as a woman, you're like assigned to a man who has like 20 wives. Yeah. And then if you decide to leave, they would, like, fucking kill you. Yep. And there's nowhere to go because there's no cities anywhere nearby. So if you try to leave, you'll probably just starve. So Whoa. you really are just stuck there. Um, And so he has, like, his policing force and his hitmen that go around 
making sure that everyone is doing what he says and paying their tithing, which this is where like the bishops interviews now, this is where they originated because people would go around and interview the the saints and like ask them if they've paid their tithing, like prove that they paid their tithing and prove that they're living like how Brigham Young asked um, and or else, you know, punishment. And so that's where it started out. And they still do like the bishops interviews today. Of course, it's not the same like as fear inducing, but still that's where they were. They didn't even originate with Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith didn't really care about that stuff, but Brigham wow. Young did. He wanted his money real bad. <laughs> God, um, that makes so much sense. So when they got to the, like, the Great Basin of Utah, and they started building up their colonies, their towns and everything, of course, there were already natives there. There were Native Americans living there. Um, mm-hmm. But Brigham Young wanted the land. So he, they were friendly with the natives at first, but it very, very quickly went, like, horribly. Um, so our friend who, when, if you guys have listened to our um, Mormon Mormonism is Racist episode, our friend who sent us an email, she also sent a link of this article called um, Mormon Indian Relations from Utah Historical Quarterly by Howard A. Christie, and it talks about what the Mormons did to the Native Americans. Have you, did you read that, Sarah? Oh, shit. I totally forgot about that. No, I haven't. No, that's, I'm going that's to. good because I, I have some notes on it. But, um, so it was crazy. Like, Brigham Young claimed that this land, like the land of Utah, belonged to Heavenly Father. What? And, yeah, it did not belong to the Native Americans, which they were. <laughs> Which they said that the Native Americans were Lamanites, which if you guys don't know, that means that there are Jews that came, (laughs) ancient Jews that came from Jerusalem like a hell of a long time ago and were cursed. And so their skin turned dark. And that's what, you know, Brigham Young was saying that, you know, he was convinced that they were like, I don't know, cursed and just not, not even of the same species, I guess, as the white people, which is just so shitty. Um, So that was his justification for a lot of things. And there's a lot of instances of this, but it's really disturbing. The, the Mormon like militia essentially in like tons of circumstances, they would kill the native American men and then they would take their wives and the children and take them as slaves. (gasps) What? Yeah. The Mormon, like, almost every Mormon home under, like, Brigham Young's ruling had a Native American slave. Oh, my God. That just made my skin have goosebumps. Yeah. They would, like, and they would buy and sell and trade them as if they were just property. Oh, it's so, so nasty. Um, So many. I mean, there was an extermination order by Brigham Young given to wipe out the Native Americans that were living there. Makes me want to puke. Oh, my God. Um, so, let's see. I'm trying to go through my notes here. So, yeah, because there's tons. I could go on and on about that, but you guys can look that up yourself. But while we're talking about 
slavery. This is crazy. So Brigham Young. Okay. So Joseph Smith was like, didn't believe in slavery. He didn't think that anyone should ever own another human being and was against it. Well, not, not Brigham Young. Brigham Young thought that slavery should be legal and should always happen. And he, in fact, viewed slavery as it benefiting the slave. <gasps> yeah. Uh, oh, oh, my so God. Like, oh, and he, so he um, he taught Wait, that. I just pause there for a second and point out to listeners who either you grew up in the church or you didn't but this is still I think interesting the church never ever talks about this with Brigham Young but they do highlight and talk about Joseph Smith being like such a progressive person during that time because he was against slavery and you're like yeah that's great like because it is great I mean I'm, I'm really glad that he did have that point of view but then they just fell to, you know, or they, they, they seemed to overlook a huge part that the following prophet was a racist con. Like, yeah, yeah. They just don't ever talk about that at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel like they barely even bring up Brigham Young because he's so problematic. Like, pretty they much don't. everything he said is shit and it's horribly racist or sexist or just bizarre that yeah. they don't bring it up. That's why I don't know much about him, because even at BYU, I can't remember having a class or learning an institute or anything much about Brigham Young. No. Like, I was always confused. Like, I go to a university called Brigham Young University, but I don't know anything about him, and no one really talks about him. They have, like, church manuals and stuff like that that are apparently, like, teachings of him, but, like, they're not. They're no, just, it would never like, have in there, like, the teachings that he taught about, you know, race, all, all of the horrible things he said yeah. about anyone who wasn't white. They don't include that. No, no, no. I think they just, like, <laughs> they take apart his quotes to form a new sentence, and then they're like, <laughs> and this is what he said. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, so he, um, he taught that slavery was ordained of God. And that the United States efforts to abolish slavery was going against the decree of God and that it would eventually fail. That the nation would just continue to have slavery because it was God's will. Um, And he encouraged, like, members of the church to have African-American slaves and have Native American slaves. Because that's how it should be according to God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, oh, Oh, he's so gross. It's just. And so I I, I want to pause here and just mention that, like, if you were saying this to an active Mormon, they would say, oh, he was just a product of his time. Like, everyone, uh-huh. everyone was racist then. Like, everyone supported slavery. What I want to say to them is that, that, well, first of all, that's not true because there were a lot of people who were opposed to slavery at that yeah. time and that's well documented like they were probably still racist because it's it's the the states like everyone was and still is but yeah. um they, there were a lot of people who were opposed to it especially in the northern states and yeah. secondly if this man is supposedly communicating with god all the time and is a prophet 
wouldn't you think that God would tell him to like shut his mouth about this and like tell him the actual truth? Yeah, exactly. And if it, even this this example of like, because I, I totally know what you're saying, Katie, I've heard that many, many times. Oh, it's just a product of his time. That's just a it's a cultural and societal thing. It doesn't represent the word of God and the doctrine is always consistent. It just changes according to society or like to the time, you know, like <laughs> cultural time or whatever. But if that was the case, like, then what the hell do you say about Jesus's time? Like, I'm sure that he doesn't teach in his time, like that you can have slaves and that right. it's okay and blah, blah, blah. And he also was in a time period where they did have slaves. Right. Exactly. You know, like, and if, yeah. if Christ didn't teach that or wasn't saying that that's okay, then what the hell, like, why is it okay that Brigham Young says it? Yeah. And Mormons will say like, Oh, it has never been doctrine. That was just his racist views, but he he's a leader. And- yeah, he was the leader that stated that this is doctrine, and Ugh. leaders, at, uh, you know, uh, prophets after him stated that it was doctrine. So it's like, who do you believe? You can't, you can't just pick and choose. If he, so either he's valid in everything he's saying, or he's not, and he's, ob- I mean, he's obviously not. Like he wasn't talking to God, but if no. you believe that he was divinely inspired and he was supposed to lead the church, like. Why didn't God interfere? Like, or God's just an asshole who doesn't care or God doesn't exist. I guess there's those options, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I just don't, I hate when they try to justify the horrible things that Brigham Young said and did by just saying he was a product of his time. Because Joseph Smith was a piece of shit, but Joseph Smith didn't encourage blood atonement or slavery or, you know, stuff like that. So it's like, gross gross it wasn't just their time <clears throat> and also I'm, I'm curious why well actually I think I just answered my own question but I was gonna say like why BYU is named after Brigham Young and not Joseph Smith but I guess it's because he he was the one who settled in Utah and like yeah um Brigham Young actually founded that university and named it after himself because he's a nurse. No! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He named it after himself. Oh my God. I went to that university, guys. <laughs> oh. <so> gross. How <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Katie, can um, we start a university and name it after ourselves? <laughs> Katie and Sarah it. University. <laughs> the Not Somali Mormon Podcast University. <laughs> I think that would be great. Um, um, so I'm trying to think of more on like, so basically just a lot of really awful slavery things happening. And he, Brigham Young, so like I've said in previous episodes, he didn't want to be a part of the United States at all. And he like basically declared war against the United States. And that's how the Mountain Meadows Massacre happened. Which, if you haven't listened, go back and listen. Go back uh, and listen, bitches. But also, I, I it still blows my mind. There's not even an also. I cannot believe the church never ever teaches you about this. Like he fucking declared war on the United States <laughs> yeah. of America, and we don't even know that. Like and that's why a bunch of people died. That's why. So 
I think it's like in the thousands probably of Native Americans that were killed um, in the name of Brigham Young, basically. And then there's even just, you know, settlers trying to move west through Utah that get slaughtered because Brigham Young has declared war against the United States. So, oh my God, you never learn of this as a Mormon. You're always, you're always taught that Mormons were so damn persecuted. Like (laughs) Mormons were so persecuted. They had to move all the way out to the West, but really Brigham Young wanted to get them as far away from civilization as possible and become like the theocratic king and take everyone's money and teenage wives and then kill whoever didn't agree with him. Exactly, like that, that's such a good point. They never, they never talk about that. It's always, oh, like the Mormons were persecuted and like, which I'm not dismissing the fact that they went through hardships and, you know, people who went through that, I'm sure it was really difficult and whatever, but it's also, you don't hear about the other stuff, you know, like, I don't know, the killings of many 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 native americans and like declaring war on the u.s and losing people with that battle as well it's just kind of like huh okay (laughs) i guess the mormon church will always be the victim and uh, brigham young will always be the victim how much more of a cult do you have to be oh sorry if you can hear my dog she's barking probably someone delivered a package (laughs) hi it's ella right yeah Sorry, guys. Anyways, um, like how much more of a cult? Oh, my God. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Looks like I might have to do some She has a lot of opinions about Brigham Young. (laughs) She's she's mad about it. She doesn't like him either. She wants to bark at him. Um, You know, like if that happened anywhere else, if you tell Mormons like, okay, so there was this guy. And he didn't like the country that he was living in. So he took all of these people out into the wilderness and forced all the women to be assigned to a man, one man and share him and threatened to kill people who left, killed all the people who were already living there and, you know, made them give him their money or yeah, they give, give him their money or he'd kill them. Like, the Mormons would be like, oh, that's a cult. It's like, that's what Brigham Moon did. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> but then um, if you say that, like, here's the thing. I had an interesting conversation with the next Mormon yesterday. And this was a good point. We were both discussing, you know, how it is you talk to people who are still Mormons in the church. Because you often get... A few Mormons, maybe your family, close friends who say, well, let's talk about it. Like, why do you leave the church? Like, what are your reasons? And just like this, it's so difficult to explain to them why you left because these are huge parts of it. Like, the story of Brigham Young and what Katie is just talking about, that's a huge reason to leave. But that's something you don't learn about until you leave the church because you can research and actually look up scholarly articles and historical facts that show that it happened. And unless you read those, you don't know. And if you're a Mormon, you're not allowed to research that. And if you have a conversation with the next Mormon who's trying to bring up those points, they instantly shut down. And I know this because I've been on the other side where it's like, no, 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 I don't want to hear your anti-Mormon literature. I don't want to hear like, yeah, or I just tune it out. And so it's really difficult 
I don't know. What What do you think about that, Katie? Like, it's hard to even talk about your reasons because you no, can't, you can't bring up the facts. Like, what you're telling me right now, you could never have, well, not never, but with most Mormon, like, true believing Mormons, like, you can't sit down and just pull out all of this historical facts and tell them. Because yeah. They won't, it's like to them, it's brainwashed and it's a cult. They're not allowed to know any of this stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's Satan, you know? Right. I think with, yeah, probably a lot of Mormons, they would, they'll be too frightened to even yeah. listen to you. And they immediately discredit it as being something that Satan made up or that people who hate Mormons made up when it's just historical fact. So they'll either do that, they just won't listen, or they'll they'll do the apologist way of explaining it by what we were saying earlier like it was just a product of his time maybe yeah. maybe the lord was using brigham young to you know settle utah and he was just a very flawed man and they excuse it and that even makes me angrier and it's hard for me to have a conversation because when they're excusing that behavior and basically saying that God allowed this to happen. And it's it's infuriating to me. Like, if you believe that Brigham Young was a true prophet of God, why did he do all these horrifying things? Like, why didn't God step in at some point? You know? Exactly. No, and, well but said. But they don't, they don't care. They're just like, well, he had agency or blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, he was the leader. He liked the power. And no one even, like, attempted to stop him. Uh, clearly, God didn't stop him because tons of people died. So, mm. and, and I think that's a good point of showing, like, kind of what we were just talking about before, that the church is always the victim and not, you know, the perpetrator, like, not the person who's doing any wrong. And I feel like that that trickles down into the members as well. And that every member has that mentality of like justifying and rationalizing instead of just being self-aware and taking ownership of where yes. they fuck up. Mm-hmm. And instead of it's constantly playing the victim card or being like, oh, well, I, you know, it, I was just being faithful and practicing righteous judgment and but like all the excuses instead of just saying like, yeah, I fucked up and. I take ownership of that and I'm sorry or, you know, that's not okay. Or Brigham Young's behavior, that's not okay. And, you know, maybe if they're still an active Mormon, they could still say like, yeah, you know what, what he did was awful and there's no excuse for it. I can't explain it. I still believe in the church, but I don't excuse this behavior and there's no reason about it. Like no reason to do that. Then I would respect them a bit and be like, ah, okay, like, I still don't understand why you believe, but at least you aren't making excuses for this man or for Joe Smith or for any of them, you know? Yeah, yeah. And for me, too, I, I get frustrated when I say, well, the the current prophet is who we listen to and we don't, it doesn't matter what the previous prophet said. Uh, I hear that, too, where they'll say, don't listen to what Brigham Young said because he's not the current prophet, listen to the prophet now. Well, if that was the case, like, why did we even need Joseph Smith in the first place? You know, if you're not listening and then they yeah. all contra- they contradict themselves because then they quote previous prophets like all the goddamn time as if all they're some the inspired p- person. But it's like, well, if what they said before doesn't matter, like I, it, why, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, that doesn't add up. 
Ugh, yeah. And no, not at all. Like, things like how so Brigham Young, if you guys didn't know, he placed a ban on black people from obtaining the priesthood, uh, which Joseph Smith didn't do, but Brigham Young did that, said that like black people will never ever be allowed to have the priesthood ever. And he said, it will always be that way. That's what God says. It'll always be that way. Um, and so that, that means, I guess if you've never been Mormon, if the, if the black man can't get the priesthood, that means that like even something small, like the young boys, they can't pass the sacrament. It means that black fathers can't baptize their children because um, they don't have the priesthood. That means that they can't get married in the temple or get sealed in the temple, which means black people cannot go to the celestial kingdom. And Brigham Young even said, like, black people can get to heaven, but to get there, they have to go as someone's slave. <gasps> yeah. Oh, like, my God. I have never heard that before. And that I am... So shitty. The Ooh. stuff he says about just in the race category, like... And another example of this, which is horrifying, is that he preached that if if a black person married a white person, the punishment for that is death on the spot. What? Yeah. Without, he would, yeah, unabashedly preaching, like, if a black person, a white person marry or have sex or have a child, they deserve to die. According Fucking to God. hell. <laughs> like, I just... Uh... You're never taught any of this. This is insane. And even if you were, I can imagine, like, if, and I'm not saying that I'm innocent. I can imagine myself as a Molly Mormon back at BYU justifying it in some way. But now it's like, come on. At this point in 2019, I'd like to hope that people would not hear this and justify it. Like, how can you be a part of a religion that still quotes him and still admires him and adheres to what he says and he's taught. And yeah, okay, maybe the Mormon church doesn't say the same things like quoting like awful racist stuff, but at the same time, they still say that he is a prophet of God. <laughs> yeah. And a so... lot of the stuff that he taught about the Native Americans being Lamanites, that is straight from the book of mormon he didn't make that up that is and that is still in the book of mormon that race racism so oh. and the polygamy is still in the doctrine and covenants like it's still there it's still in their religion and people just kind of ignore it oh man also they have don't they have statues of him like around byu which is creepy. <laughs> the, and they have a they have a Native American statue on BYU, which now I find so oh fucking ironic. That pisses me off. Yeah, me too. I had no idea any of this stuff before. So there's a, a statue of a Native American outside of close to the library. It's not in front of the library, but it's to the left of it um, in front of another building. So I don't know if you listeners, maybe you know the exact building. It's I've taken a few classes there, but there's the big brand new building they built like seven eight years ago right before I left maybe longer than that 10 years ago the J wait there's a Joseph Smith building and then there's a JFS building Joseph Fielding Smith building oh yeah like the new one and this statue is directly across the courtyard from that building 
crazy. Because there's like there's like some type of tradition. I want to say maybe we even talked about this in an episode or a listener brought it in because I remember just like hearing it recently that there's some type of tradition to do something to that statue if you go to BYU. Oh. So maybe you guys remember, or if someone sent it in and said something, I don't know, or maybe I've seen a meme. There's been something that I've seen that is in relation to this statue. So anyways, but yeah. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> this it, it makes my blood boil. I hate this man. <laughs> He's so gross. How old was, like, how did he die? Sorry, I'm not trying to jump ahead. Of oh, this. no, no, you're good. I think he just died. It was sort of like a natural causes. He, um, let's see. It was something, it was young. He was suffering from cholera morbus and inflammation of the bowels. Good. You deserve it. <laughs> and he died from a ruptured appendix, which probably was painful. Good. And apparently right. his... His last words were, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph. Gross. What? Maybe he was, like, in love with J-Dog all along. Who knows? Oh, God, I love it. So, girl, I had to look up this this um, statue. I'm sorry. Maybe no one else is interested. But now that I know all this information about Brigham Young, I'm like, oh, hell no. I want to look this up. Um, so, can I can I talk about it? Yes, I want to hear about it. Tell me. Okay. And this is from BYU.edu. So that way I want you guys to hear their version of it. Okay? Okay. So, and I'm so sorry. I'm butchering the name of the the tribe Massasoit. Do you know it's M-A-S-S-A-S-O-I-T? I yeah, uh, forgive us for being white, but... <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. That's, like, the whitest thing. Okay, Massasoit Indian, but again, I'm butchering it. I'm very sorry. Um, it says, students who walk by a Native American sculpture located southwest of Harold B. Lee Library may wonder why the sculpture is on campus when Native Americans represent the University of Utah, one of BYU's biggest rivals. The sculpture is known as a Massasoit Indian and is a copy of an original by Cyrus Dallin, who also created the Angel Moroni statue for the Salt Lake City Temple. Ew! Fucking Moroni. Also, can we talk about how in last podcast on the left, they call him Moroni. It gave me life. (laughs) Like he was Italian. Moroni! Moroni. They also kept saying, I thought it was funny, um... Instead of apostate, how are they pronouncing apostate or something? It was oh, some weird way of saying apostate, and I would be yeah, like, and then he like brought in his prostate, and it made me giggle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Dallin created the Indian to represent an Indian who befriended pilgrims in 1620. The lack of clothing on the Indian sometimes creates controversy among students. Oh, of course it does. You cover those nipples at BYU. <laughs> The statue, though, is deemed appropriate because of traditional Native American-style dress. Like, fuck off, you white, ridiculous Mormon kids. Like, Why is is this there? I'm so confused still. I know. So then it says, then it has a subheading, first child. Let's see what that says. An empty circular, ah, shit, this is just another statue. So that's all it says about that statue. And so it was a statue representing a Native American from way before Mormons were even in existence. 
Yeah, so that's did like did I get that salt. correctly? It was a, it was a native from like the 1600s. Yes, it, it represents this Indian. So Dallin created the Indian to represent an Indian who befriended pilgrims in 1620. And and then they thought it was a good idea to take that and place it there, where <laughs> on that spot probably fucking Mormons just slaughtered tribes. What the exactly. hell? Oh, man, this is so ridiculous. And then, so now it talks about uh, Brigham Young statue, okay? And this is, yeah. again, a reminder, this is on BYU's website. So this is I need to look point. it up. I need to look up the picture while you're describing it. Okay, continue. Okay. <laughs> As the school was named after Brigham Young, it is only fitting that campus feature a statue of the man himself. Brigham Young's grandson, Maroney... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> but I think it's it's spelled M-A-H-O-N-R-I. Mahoroni? I don't know how you pronounce that. Maha- oh, I feel like I know. I've heard about this. Mah- Mahoroni. Mahoroni? Mahoroni Young. That's what it says. Uh, sculpted the statue as a monument in Salt Lake City. The statue was recreated and added to BYU's campus on Homecoming Week in 1961. Many students argue that BYU removed the beard from the Brigham Young statue to support the standard of conduct on BYU's campus. Ew, yeah, that's creepy. He doesn't have a beard. Oh, God. And then it says, some students claim that if one runs past the statue fast enough and at the right angle, Brigham Young appears to be doing the funky chicken dance. (laughs) Oh, my God. Ew. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. He has a cane and he has a cape on. Um, <laughs> and it's disgusting. I hate that there's a statue of this man. Also, I wanted to point out, too, that he and Joseph Smith, although they were both douchebag white men, they looked very different. Like, Joseph Smith was, I think, six foot six one. Like, relatively handsome I guess and you know clean shaven Brigham Young was like the opposite and had this gnarly beard and like I think he was only like five seven and just very like paunchy (laughs) which I find funny that he was you know (sighs) a little a little yucky man Guys, I am still just blown away that they have a statue of Brigham Young and a statue of a Native American, and they just thought that that was fine. Like, without even taking the history into consideration that that's like, oh, yeah, it's cool. They were friends. Were they, though? Like, were they, though? I, I can't. I can't handle it. I think. Oh, one thing I did not mention, I guess, before. There's a lot that I think I probably missed, the listeners. If I missed something very, very important, let me know. But he also taught, this is interesting, he taught religiously that Adam, as in Adam and Eve, was literally God, like Heavenly Father. Oh, that's right, because you, you were mentioning the Adam atonement. Yeah, oh, it's just sorry, like... Not, uh, what was it called? It's just called, like, the Adam-God doctrine. Yeah. Um, yeah, he has a bunch of stuff that he he gave sermons about it, about how Adam, like, 
the original man and the he's the god of the people on earth now super weird and super crazy doctrine that if you bring it up to a mormon now i feel like a lot of people don't even know about it but then they're just like no that's nothing like if they do know about it they just brush it away (laughs) oh man yeah that's crazy um Guys, I'm still I'm still on this statue thing. I'm so sorry. I just Sarah, you love the statue. <laughs> I know. I just found another um another article by Deseret. Oh, okay. Guys. So another church point of view. And I just think it's so ridiculous. I cannot. The things that they're saying. <gasps> what? Oh, it's not right. Okay. Um, so near a patch of dirt where the refurbished state statue of Massasoit, so sorry, I'm fucking that up, the Indian chief renowned for making peace and eating turkey with the pilgrims at Plymouth Rock is to be returned within the next few weeks, Lovell said the statue should instead be replaced by one that honors Utah Indians. It isn't appropriate, Lavelle said, I don't know who, Lavelle doesn't, doesn't say who he is, a sculptor maybe? It isn't appropriate, he said, as he pointed out that the Massasoit didn't belong to a tribe indigenous to the West. Will the Utah legislator ever honor any Utah tribes and apologize for the treatment that was forced on them? Wow. So maybe someone did acknowledge that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Sorry, guys. I don't know. Maybe I spoke too soon, but I'm pretty sure it's not. Like, they're, yeah, it's still the same conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I spoke too soon. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. Anyways, I, I feel like I could keep going on and on about what a dick Brigham Young was and honestly what pretty much all of the founders of Mormonism were and if I'm being honest I think a lot of the ones that are still in power are kind of douchebags I mean not to that level and not as outspoken about it but yeah it's it's gross it's gross but on a latter note before we wrap up Before we started, I, I was looking at our reviews to see if we had any um, more. And we just got one that I took a screenshot and sent to my, my boyfriend. And he was like, damn. Because I was like, yeah, I just got burned real bad. God. <laughs> but it's funny. No, it's it's nice. And it's good feedback. Like, I'm not. It's just like a total. I got called out on my shit. And I just have to read it because I think it's it's funny. And I appreciate the feedback. (laughs) It says, I do agree that the chattiness can be distracting, especially when it's completely unrelated to the subject matter. However, if you stick with it, there is some good content to be found, especially if you're one of those fortunate souls to have escaped the confines of similar religious captivity. I appreciate the antidotal accounts as it brings up a lot of similar experiences and memories in me. (laughs) Here's where I get called out. Although I adore her, Sister Little can dominate the conversation at times. <laughs> but my one word of advice would be to allow Katie some more space as her experience is very unique growing up in the belly of the beast. I started this podcast while driving through Orem and it definitely helped put the cultural oh, observations oh I was making in context. 
Oh, that's like the perfect and scariest place to start it. Oh, man. <laughs> I had... I'm so sorry I dominate the conversation. Are you such a dominatrix, Sarah? I um, am. No, I hadn't seen that before, but I don't I don't feel like you're dominating. But that was a nice, a nice review. It was. It was nice. I'm not. They gave us four stars out of five. So I'm a bit like, all right, you at least could have given me five and then I could swallow my pride <laughs> and just like get over it. But geez, you, know you had to give us four. You know what? Everyone has their own um, flavor, their own style. And because we've gotten messages from people who they they like the chattiness because it makes them feel like it's more personal. They get to know us a little bit more. We're not just voices talking at them. We actually have lives and personalities. So I think for everyone that would rather us just get to the point, there is someone that enjoys the chattiness a little bit. Or if I've, I had someone tell me that they didn't like it at first and then they got used to it. They were just like, oh, what's going on in their lives now? <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, to be fair, like, I think it's it goes both ways, because I've also, I listened to podcasts, and I was like, Oh, God, they talk so much. And they're so chatty, just get to the topic. But then if I actually like the podcast, I'm like, Oh, no, but I just want to like laugh and like, feel like I'm in the room with you. And so don't jump to the subject yet, because then it's gonna go by faster. And blah, blah, blah. So I think Basically, what I'm saying is that everyone should love us and just get over it and want to hear us chat. So, you know what? We're going like, we, to go to Brigham Young level. We're going to be like, you love us or we're going to just make you go out in the desert and starve. <laughs> <laughs> love us, damn it. We'll, we'll force you to love us. <laughs> or another option is you can just fast forward <laughs> through the chattiness. Sorry. Although I did have a friend, speaking of being chatty, I did have a friend yesterday at work who even said she was, I was telling her that we get comments sometimes about us being too chatty, mostly me. Um, and she was like, oh yeah, I hate the chattiness and podcasts. And I was like, um, rude. <laughs> You're not being supportive right now. But it's true. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. I get it. I'm not offended. And I appreciate the feedback. I'll stop dominating the conversation. Oh so Dominate away. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Do we have any closing closing thoughts? We didn't do a closing prayer last week. I don't know if we're going to continue that because I feel like we keep praying for the same thing. But <laughs> it's true. And it's too much pressure. I love you guys. But, oh, fun challenge. You can yes. send us in closing prayers and we can read them <gasps> at the end of That's each episode. A- that is a great, great idea. Send us your closing prayers and we'll read them. Yeah, love it. Yay! Because that's just the solution to me being a lazy motherfucker. So. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we will talk to you guys next week. Have a lovely yeah. week. Have a great week and send us messages and likes and reviews. And we love you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.